You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Historical Blindness, the Odd Past podcast. I'm the creator and host, Nathaniel Lloyd, and you're listening to a Blind Spot episode, released between the principal episodes of the show as a companion piece to the last installment. In our previous episode, we explored the weird and convoluted legend of the White Lady, a ghost that reappears as a warning or fell omen that a prince of the Hohenzollern dynasty will soon perish. In researching this pale harbinger, I came to understand how tied up it was in ancient mythology, as well as more recent history, and indeed, this phantom of Germany was not alone the sole example of its kind. It appears that the idea of a guardian spirit that is tied to an individual or a family can be found in the ancient traditions of Greeks, Romans, and Celts. These entities were called demons in ancient Greece, and it was argued that they were part and parcel with human experience, tied in some mysterious way with our bodies or our souls. Socrates spoke of this daemon as though it were some divine force guiding his actions. But since then, many thinkers have suggested that he actually referred to something more rational and down-to-earth. Hegel believed that Socrates referred to his will, and Jung believed that what Socrates mistook for a spiritual guide was actually the unconscious. But these are modern rationalizations and one can find notions of a guardian spirit, a phantom presence that protects and warns throughout history. From the Roman genius, which was a guardian spirit or family spirit, to the spirit guides of Native Americans. It is this tradition of actual spectral entities, many of which are described as bound not only to an individual, but to a certain family, that the White Lady of the Hohenzollerns seems to fit into. They are often said to appear before some calamity or tragedy as a silent forewarning, and there seem to be many of them in Germany and beyond. These guardians have another name. They are called tutelary spirits. The Hohenzollern Harbinger appears to be only one among a great many white ladies in popular lore everywhere. In the United Kingdom alone, many come to mind. The White Ladies of the Castle of Skipsey in Yorkshire, of Samlesbury Hall in Lancashire, of Blankensop Castle in Northumberland, of Bowling Hall near Bradford, and those of Woodhouseley and Avenel all have their legends, in which women of various stations in life suffered various abuses and lunacies and perished by neglect or violence. The difference, however, is that these don't appear to be tutelary spirits, their appearance is not necessarily presumed to foreshadow anything in particular. 
In Ireland, however, there is legend of an undoubtedly tutelary spirit called a quote-unquote white lady of sorrow who is known to warn certain families of an imminent death among their ranks. This, of course, is the legend of the Banshee. It is supposed that the Banshee might be the spirit of any person who had in life encountered the family and loved them or had good reason to harbor animosity toward them. Thus, the Banshee, who portends a family member's impending death with its song, may sing a comforting air or shriek with hellish glee at its enemy's forthcoming suffering. Nor is the Banshee the only singer among tutelary spirits. Scottish lore suggests that the chiefs of ancient houses have their own guardian spirits, Bodocks, who warned of a coming death. And one, the Bodoc Undone, or Ghost of the Hill, protector of the Shaw clan, is said to have sung in lamentation when the family lost its ancestral land. Sometimes these tutelary spirits, while still women like the Hohenzollern Harbinger and the Banshee, differ noticeably in appearance, or more specifically in the color of their garments. Back in Germany, we find a legend out of Darmstadt of a red lady who appeared shortly before the unhappy death of Princess Alice, daughter of Queen Victoria. And in Bavaria, another is connected with the house of Wittelsbach, a family that has been haunted not only by spirits, but by the specter of madness as well, with more than 20 members having gone insane within a hundred years. The spirit that haunts the Wittelsbachs in their ancestral castles at Furstenried and Nymphenburg is also an ethereal woman, but rather than appearing as a young and fetching woman in white, she appears as an aging and haggard woman in a long black robe with hair as white as a sheet. This black lady appeared prior to the death of King Maximilian II in 1864. According to the story, Maximilian's wife, Marie of Prussia, beheld this fearful apparition standing behind her husband's chair and looking at her with sorrow in her eyes before vanishing. Greatly frightened, she told the king what she had seen, and Maximilian, aware of the legend of the black lady, demanded of his guards what woman clothed in black they had allowed to enter the room. But of course, his guards claimed not to have admitted anyone. Three days later, the king died suddenly supposedly of a catastrophic attack of gastritis. Maximilian's son, then, is also said to have had his demise foretold by an appearance of this black lady. Ludwig is sometimes called the Mad King because he was deposed when a psychiatrist declared him mad and therefore unfit to rule. In recent years, this evaluation has been brought into question, with some suggesting that Ludwig's deposition had more to do with his debts and rumors of his homosexuality rather than any genuine insanity. Regardless, one night, a guard claimed to have seen the black lady floating at the opposite end of the king's corridor. Chasing the spirit down to the courtyard, the guard demanded that she identify herself, but the figure made no reply moving on through the moonlight. Nearing the chapel, the spirit turned to regard him. The guard then produced a firearm and discharged it, but it backfired, injuring him mortally. He had only time enough to tell the tale of his encounter to another alarmed sentry before dying. And true to the legend of the black lady's appearance, 
The very next day, a great tragedy befell Mad King Ludwig while out walking the shore of Lake Starnberg. He had insisted on walking alone with the physician who had declared him unfit to rule. When they didn't return, a search ensued, and they were both found dead in the lake, with the physician showing signs of having suffered some violence. It was thought that the Mad King had killed the doctor who'd betrayed him and then drowned himself. But no water was found in the king's lungs, leaving the nature of Ludwig II's death a mystery. But that tale may be better served if we save it for the topic of another episode. What really happened on the unsinkable Titanic? What made the 1904 St. Louis Marathon the strangest event in Olympic history? Whatever became of missing boy Bobby Dunbar? And who was the child who returned in his place? If these questions interest you, check out the History Uncovered podcast, brought to you by the digital publisher of All That's Interesting. History Uncovered explores the strange and obscure parts of history that you definitely didn't learn about in school. Hosted by the writers and editors of All That's Interesting, the show covers a wide variety of topics, ranging from the forgotten media spectacle of cave explorer Floyd Collins' death, to the disappearance and possible cannibalization of Michael Rockefeller, to the true story that inspired The Exorcist. With more than 100 episodes, you're bound to find that they've covered a topic that's especially interesting to you. And each month, they produce a special History Happy Hour episode, examining recent news in the fields of world history and archaeology, and commemorating important historical anniversaries. Come explore the uncharted corners of the natural world and the world past by listening to History Uncovered, wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. As for these legends of tutelary spirits, it seems they do not always appear as spectral women. In France, there persisted a tradition of a little red man who showed himself at the Tuileries Palace just prior to some great calamity that would affect the ruling family of the land. At his first appearance, Marie Antoinette herself saw him in early August 1793. She and her attendants were lounging when they noticed him, a tiny man clad in scarlet with such an inhuman gaze that he seemed a goblin. Horrified, she and the others fled from the imp and told her mother what they'd seen. Within a few days, the bloody French Revolution had begun. 
this little red man appeared again in 1814 to Napoleon's son before Napoleon's abdication and exile. But thereafter, many thought him a hoax because of one debunked sighting in 1815. The little red man appeared to some ladies and a chevalier while they sat dining. Coming out of the fireplace, he took a leg of mutton from the table and disappeared back up the chimney. This report certainly upset the royal family, who feared it portended some tragedy. And the king sent two chimney sweeps up the chimney to search out the scarlet imp, but neither of them returned. Only when he sent a professional firefighter up the chimney was it discovered that some youths on another floor had cut a hole into the chimney in order to play the prank and had let the two chimney sweeps in on the joke. However, the legend of the little red man did not die, for the creature was seen again in 1824 before Louis XVIII's passing, and again in 1871 before the fires of the Paris Commune. Indeed, it appears that legends of tutelary spirits associated with royal families do not always even take the form of a person. Legend has it that before the transpiring of terrible events that touched the lives of those in the Habsburg dynasty of Austria, preternaturally large white birds were seen flying in the daylight. These unearthly creatures, called the Turnfalcon, were said to fly by night hidden in darkness and only made daytime flights to forebode some ill omen for the Habsburgs with their strange and shrill cries. As with others of these tutelary spirits, the Turnfalcon were seen in flight before numerous Habsburg deaths, some of them quite unexpected, such as that of Duchess Sophie Charlotte, who died in a fire at a Paris bazaar. One of the most notable Habsburg deaths presaged by the flight of the Turnfalcon was the mysterious death of Crown Prince Rudolf in what is known as the Meyerling Tragedy. This incident, in which the Crown Prince and his mistress were found dead in the Imperial Hunting Lodge, has remained a mystery, as none can be certain whether their deaths resulted from murder, suicide, or some combination thereof. But that, again, may be a story to explore in a future episode, so let us not dwell long on it, for the Turnfalcon flew on through the years. Before the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand, for example, there are reports that a flock of Turnfalcon were seen wheeling around the skies of Vienna, shrieking. And before the death of Emperor Franz Joseph I, two years later, it is said the Turnfalcon circled the city in such great numbers that they sparked a general panic among the populace. the enlightened modern mind, these legends of tutelary spirits not only smack of superstition, but also may seem backward in their outmoded notions of the superiority of nobility and royalty, that for some reason families of a certain breeding were special and warranted the protection of spiritual guardians. All too often, though, we look at the past through the lens of the present judging our forebears according to our own worldview, instead of meeting them on their own terms. If we fail to understand that the people of the past lived in a world of spirits and magic, then we are blinded to the true nature of their existence, and perhaps 
to an entire facet of the human experience. Consider the words of Sir Walter Scott. Unaided by revelation, it cannot be hoped that mere earthly reason should be able to form any rational or precise conjecture concerning the destination of the soul when parted from the body. But the conviction that such an indestructible essence exists must infer the existence of many millions of spirits who have not been annihilated, though they have become invisible to mortals who still see, hear, and perceive only by means of the imperfect organs of humanity. Thanks for listening to Historical Blindness, the Odd Past podcast. Follow us on social media, recommend us to other podcast listeners, and review us on iTunes to help the show grow. Visit our website, where you can find links to my historical novel on Amazon and to our Patreon page, which offers rewards like episode teasers and early access to episodes for pledging monthly donations of as little as a dollar. If my audience grows, I'll also consider producing patron-only episodes, but we're not there quite yet. Spread the word. If you like movies, and who doesn't, check out The Front Row Movie Reviews, a podcast that gives great commentary from actual movie lovers, covering classics as well as new blockbusters and throwing in box office reports for good measure. Stay tuned after the episode for a special message from The Front Row Movie Reviews podcast. Until next time, take off your blinders. There are ghosts all around you. Well, hello, everyone out there in podcast land. Tell me, do you like up-to-the-minute accurate movie news? Kate Winslet's dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kate Winslet is alive. We really, we really just freaked Brandon out. Oh, she's not dead. Do you like it when people compare Star Wars to Rocky Four? Kylo! Well, if you do, then the Front Row Movie Reviews is the podcast for you. We are the podcast for people who actually like movies, and we have anything you could be looking for when it comes to movies. We break down with all the spoilers, the biggest movie releases of the year, and full disclosure. We have flashbacks for those who love the 80s and the 90s. We have classics for those who want to talk about the greatest of all time. We have Beyond the Mouse for all of you Disney files out there. We have the Zonisodes for all of you Twilight Zone fans, and much, much more. You can find us on anywhere you find podcasts by searching for the Front Row Movie Reviews or on our website, thefrontrowmoviereviews.com. And as always, We will see you in the front row.